Hey, Jake, why don't you give me a five? Nah, nah, man, I don't like that so much. How about we bump it? Eh, I don't, I don't like to bump it either. You know what? How about you uh, give me some skin? All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Region Unlocked, the awesome video game podcast about video games. That's, I guess, the best way to uh, summarize it. And Jake is in Japan, if you didn't know that. Jake, my name's Cameron. <laughs> hey, Cameron, my name's Jake. Hey, Jake, how's what's it going? Up? Oh, it's, it's going all right. Good, good. Well, guess what? Even though today we happen to be recording on August 28th and 29th, 2022 people are listening in october which means it is now spooky season nice spooky season spooky it's a great time of year yeah it is like it's it's that great transition between summer and winter where things just kind of mellow out and you can start to pretend you're someone you're not Ooh, especially towards yeah. the end of the month yeah october is just great yeah it is I'm jealous of you listening in October while we're sitting here in August. And it's so hot and humid today. Gross. Mm-hmm. Hopefully October is feeling better. Yes. I'm ready. I'm ready for that cool down. Finally. It is so ridiculous over here. I'm, I'm tired of not having the AC on during the <laughs> uh, podcasts. But alas, it cannot happen because my AC unit is right above me, literally. And it blasts right down. Yeah. So. Well, hopefully, because uh, we've switch times again so if you're in the morning maybe it's not so hot there yet not yet but you can start to feel it and that's usually what's been waking me up recently is the heat Gross. because it gets so hot up in that loft that's like okay oh, yeah, i need to get out point. of bed <laughs> you need to park park a box fan up there or something yeah i should but you know what it's a great natural alarm and i don't have to worry about rushing awkwardly out of the shower to shut off my loud alarm when it mm. goes off <laughs> after i get up before it so <laughs> i've done that yes we all know that feeling right other than the heat what have you been up to this week anything cool any cool games or whatnot well unfortunately nothing literally cool because it's been so warm and muggy and gross but <laughs> this this past week has been pretty like standard, just just a standard coasting week, nothing super fancy. Uh, I got to just sit back and take a mental breather from a lot of, I guess, life's woes. And I've been spending some time with a couple of new games, or I should say not new games, older games that I've just yeah. never completed. Like what? Yeah. Uh, one of them was Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which is, I'm trying to beat it. I still haven't though. But I decided to contrast that game with a bit of Assassin's Creed Origins, which Mm. gave me a nice, refreshing feeling about uh, kind of the perspective of the different games. And it really made me realize that Assassin's Creed Origins to me was like the last pure Assassin's Creed game where it was about the assassins, whereas the games that came after it are just like, oh, you got the leads who are just they're they're dabbling in assassination. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> they're not real assassins they're just like oh cool uh, the order oh can i be a part of it cool yeah it's a good point the the lore of the assassins is one of the most interesting parts and to have that taken away where you know in odyssey you're, you're just a mercenary who then gets kind of wrapped up in an assassin plot kind of yeah 
and Valhalla is even more so, uh, I guess, distanced. Yeah. It's like Viking game, Yarg, with just a little <laughs> bit of Assassin's stuff. Yeah, you know, exactly. A little bit of a... And, you know, they're great games on their own, but they're just not very Assassin's Creedy. So, mm. anyway, playing Origins really made me miss that original formula. So, I've been having a lot of fun traversing ancient Egypt again. Cool. Yeah, man. What about you? What have you been up to? Uh, not too much. This week was uh, the first Friday that I booted up the arcade cabinet in my classroom for kids for, for working hard, and I destroyed them in some Mortal Kombat 2, <laughs> and it was great. <laughs> they don't understand how the uh, the button inputs work, so I just get on Scorpion and just spam, Get over here! Like, what are you doing? <laughs> how are you doing that? Or I'll just basically, because, you know, Mortal Kombat button inputs... They, they're the same through all games, so I know exactly just, like, what to test. Even though if I uh-huh. haven't played the character, it's like, all right, back, back, A, down, around, A, and just, like, hitting stuff. I'm like, oh, there's a fireball. Spam this. And uh, they get upset <laughs> with me. Oof. That's fun. But last week, I did get to watch the Console Wars documentary, which oh. was fantastic. And I apologize. I know I've been saying it's on Amazon Prime. It is not. It was on paramount plus i was mm. like uh i'm so set on watching this after finishing the book that i bought a month of paramount plus to watch it but it is very well made and just so cool to see these guys have been reading about this whole time and still see them you know doing well because you know they're not super old yet they're just like you know they were in their 20s and 30s in 1992 so mm-hmm. they're still uh kicking around and looking good but yeah tom kalinsky and al nilsen and ellen beth van buskirk like just really cool to see all those people and actually hear those stories from their own memories and interpretation of the events and i loved it and i've just been so into sega since reading this and i i want more sega stuff (laughs) it's pretty awesome man i'll have to check that out myself yeah so yeah that is it but Let's move on and talk about spooky Halloween stuff. And Halloween is not complete without dressing up in costumes or in video games. We might call them skins. So today we're going to get into uh, just kind of a history of skins and our favorites and fun stuff like that. But Jake, let's first start off with our own personal favorite skins when it comes to Halloween. I want to know... What kind of nerdy stuff have you been in real life? (laughs) What kind of nerdy stuff have I been in real life? Well, considering my major is mostly, (laughs) (laughs) I guess, focused around the the art of playing pretend, the art of being someone you're not. Uh, I've been many, many characters. So I guess shortening this list into a concise uh, little list that's easy to talk about was kind of tough, but I did think of some really cool ones aside from all the wizard of Oz characters that I've been uh, playing (laughs) as for years. uh, When we're talking about strictly Halloween, the first one that comes to mind is super Mario. That was my first nerdy costume per se. Now, is that separate from this most current Halloween where you were super Mario? Yeah, my first Super Mario was, I was either eight or nine years old. I can't remember it. Yeah. But that was, uh, yeah, first time I was Mario. And this was before you could find Mario costumes in the store. This was before you could find Nintendo merch without, right. like, specially ordering it from the catalog. 
from then, I remember being very creative when it came to thinking of costumes uh, as, as time came on. Mm -hmm. What about you? What's your first experience with a nerdy costume? Oh, probably my first would be, oh, who knows how old I was. Young, young, like four or five or six, <laughs> but I was the Red Power Ranger. Oh, and nice. yeah, it was pretty sweet. You know, back those awful, just like chunky plastic masks with just <laughs> like a, you know, like the birthday hat string going around your head. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yeah. The, oh my gosh, you, you can hear it and you can smell it. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's probably my first nerdy one. What else you got? The best one that I can think of came many years later. And I think the next time I actually spent significant time planning out a costume was when I was Napoleon Dynamite, like freshman or sophomore year of uh, high school. And yeah. shoot, that was like for some dress up day, but seeing the positive reaction from people i decided to do a lot more costumes after that so napoleon dynamite i got a vote for pedro shirt the christmas <laughs> before and i'm like you know what screw it let's just throw this on and boom positive reception i want to see a picture of this <laughs> there's probably none <laughs> i'll turn it <laughs> shoot this is this is like what 2008 maybe Bef before the easy access of cell phone pictures yeah i didn't sure. even have a phone till i was a senior so I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I didn't remember. I don't remember when I got a phone. There you go. Napoleon Dynamite. What, what's your next one? There was one year that I was the Joker. Lindsay was Harley Quinn. I know you've been the Joker too. And yours, yes. yours looked much more uh, authentic and Heath Ledger-y. But mine, <laughs> mine was a little more classy. I had this nice gray peacoat. And yeah. we're like gray dress pants, but then, you know, white dress shirt, purple vest, green tie. Kind of had my hair slicked back a little bit uh, with the green and then the, the Heath Ledger like face makeup. So mm -hmm. it was kind of like a combination of mini jokers and just my own interpretation of them. That was, uh, that was a good costume. I put a lot of planning into that. And I remember even just trying to get... Uh, Lindsay prepared where I went and found a, a crappy like wiffle ball bat at Goodwill and got that like completely spray painted red and put on like these uh, you know her little diamonds out of electrical mm -hmm. tape and it looked like a pretty sweet Harley Quinn bat and that was nice. fun. That's awesome. I remember when you dressed up as uh, the Joker. I think yes, because I remember I up. you were there as a samurai. Was I? Yes. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> there, there's another nerdy costume that I dressed up as then. At some point, I dressed up as Colonel Sanders. I did. <laughs> I have seen that. pictures of that. Yeah, that was maybe the first one that was documented via, you know, one megapixel camera photos. Mm -hmm. um, and then I did uh, Jack Sparrow once. That was oh, really yeah. fun. I won an award for that in high school. Nice. And super mario well okay this this past one that i did this past mm -hmm. halloween was quote unquote super mario so it was like mario with a superhero cape and mm -hmm. kind of like tights yeah. it was a lot of fun yeah it looked good i had that mario mask from super potato that i wore because everyone's still wearing masks so yes yeah, so you're referring yeah. to an actual face mask not a costume mask yes actual face mask yeah it looked good thank you one of my best nerdy ones is i was Lindsay. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> the biggest nerd this? I know. <laughs> I don't I don't remember uh, a few years ago and I uh had a wig, had a beanie. She used to dr- dress a bit more hipstery than she does now, so like the beanie makes it easy. Um some tights, long flannel and <laughs> she, the, the funniest part is we did my makeup and I looked like Jamie, my sister. <laughs> With a blonde wig and makeup on, I just looked like my sister, and it is so funny how similar <laughs> we look. Wow! Why don't I remember this? That's hilarious. I'll, I'll try to send you a picture. Yeah, that's that's funny. Did, did she dress up as you? No, she was eleven. It was not as interesting. Gotcha. That would have been funny if she was Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Those are some pretty nerdy costumes. I've, I've got two more. And I know you're forgetting some of yours. I mean, you're every year. I'm sure you have some good nerdy ones. Yeah, I, I had uh, really to. I had to like dwindle this list down. <laughs> to be honest, because I don't remember when I was what. Well, I remember I was Indiana Jones one year. Yes, that's what I was going to say. You you came to our house as Indiana Jones, and yeah, uh, you had your whip and your hat, and it looked good. Thanks. And that might have been my favorite costume that I wore at that event. Was oh, Lindsay, I remember Lindsay and I were Bob's Burgers. Except yep. she was Bob and I was Linda. <laughs> All right, Linda, that's your fourth dog. Anything coming to you yet? Yeah, uh, not yet. Oh, wait, something's coming. Something's coming. Ugh. Oh, it's just a barb. I'm gassy. That was great. <laughs> have my big wig and red glasses while she just had a spatula and a mustache. Yes white apron those are some great costumes i remember all those springing yeah. back with good memories to be honest and then my last one was just last year i was scorpion get over here very nice very yeah. classy well as you all knew i used to be the wizard of oz characters professionally mm-hmm. and that was a fun era of my life so are you going to bring it back this year are you finally going to be dorothy uh, I just have to be Dorothy and Glinda, and then I will have been all of the main characters. I mean, that's it. Your hair's almost there. Oh, that's true. Now I just have to like just curl practice it. Practice my yearning for home voice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I could totally dress up as Dorothy. That'd be funny. <laughs> Sweet. I look forward to the pictures. Cool beans. All right. Well, in the spirit of costumes and Halloween and skins. Let's talk about skins. Jake, define what we're talking about. What is a, what is a skin in video games? So a skin is a cosmetic option for a player's character and or in-game items. Basically mm-hmm. either changing the model or the texture. It refers specifically to the look of it, the visual look. Uh, so it can be a little bit different than an armor, which mm-hmm. is uh, meant to change the stats of your character or whatever item you're holding or whatever. So anyway, the skins and armors can be changed many different ways from custom character creation, completing challenges, DLC, Easter eggs, or even mods if you want to be fancy and edit the in-game files. Yeah. So I'd say that's a pretty basic definition of what a uh, video game skin is. So going back to the word armor, uh, I'd say there's a slight difference there. When you're changing the armor in-game, you're just changing stats. 
it can change the look or it could not, but skin is entirely cosmetic. What, what do you think about that uh, definition, Cameron? Because this is kind of a, a very vague field of terminology. No, I think that's spot on. Like this, a skin is meant to have no effect on gameplay, mm-hmm. right? It's just yeah. for fun. It's just to say, look at me. I am better. Yes. Because I have the skin. (laughs) That's true. And these days, it's almost like, especially if you're playing online, it's almost like a a certain badge or a a way of showing status, depending on what kind of skin you have. Yeah, for sure. But what's really interesting is in Halo, you can change your skin without changing your armor, which is ironic because you're changing your armor. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? Like if you change your helmet, the way it looks, you're changing uh-huh. your armor technically, oh, yeah. but you're not, <laughs> you're changing the armor. skin. There's no difference in stats. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So that was one little example I thought of like, Hey, you're changing your skin, but you're not changing your armor. But in game, it's just the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously skins have been around for a while now. They're actually huge money makers and they're, they're kind of mm-hmm. everywhere in, in most modern games. But Jake, let's take a, a look back and just tell me what were some of your very first kind of standout moments of getting to be in a different skin in a game? Because for the longest time, games weren't uh, complex enough for that. You always yeah. looked the same way throughout the whole game. And that was that. So what stood out to you? That's really true. Uh, it's pretty standard now to have different skins, like on most games. But yes, but any single player game, if it if you can't change your outfit at some point, it's like what? Does this game not <laughs> finish? Yeah, exactly. It's like oh, the DLC is going to be out later. Uh, but right. anyway, <laughs> uh, first time I can remember anything related to skin in a video game or changing the way it looks was uh, probably the year. 1995, uh, Solitaire on the PC. <laughs> you can change the backs of cards. Uh, okay, I wasn't quite uh, thinking that would be your answer, but touche. I, I wasn't thinking either, and to be honest, I didn't think about that until this morning. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was the first time I actually got excited about changing the way something looked. I didn't know how Solitaire worked. Like All I knew was decks of cards came out. I just wanted to change the way the cards looked, so... Aside from playing easiest mode on Minecraft, uh, not Minecraft, Minesweeper, yeah, <laughs> I would just change the looks of the cards and be like, "Hey, look, my cards look different now." Not even playing the game, so <laughs> that was my first time dealing with "quote unquote" skins. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as video games go, the first time like we're dealing with video game skins, as we're talking about now was most likely Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 yeah, with the character creation uh, setting. And that was phenomenal to me. And I remember when you, when you, when you first got Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, you, you were uh, telling me about how you could create your own player. And I thought, this is the coolest thing in the world. But you said something like, yeah, it's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm yeah, like, Jake. Pro- yeah, at that point, I'm knowing me i was probably like yeah man that's that's stupid but (laughs) oh my gosh when i got that game or games like it i would just make character after character and i'd have to delete old ones just so i could make new ones i would give them long bios i would put so much effort into them give them backstories i thought creating your own character was the coolest thing in the world yeah and i had a few that were standouts i made a sumo wrestler once 
<laughs> uh, basically, a dude with shorts, biggest possible person you could make. Oh, and I'm remembering this. Yes. Okay. Called him Sumo-san. <laughs> and then another favorite I had was uh, Gaggy the Clown. That sounds awful. It was. And it was just a weird dude with bright colors on all of his clothes. And he had the, the funny glasses and the clown wig. And I made him as short as humanly possible, so he didn't even look human. And the well, best. Then how's it humanly possible? It, he, he, it wasn't humanly possible. Oh, okay. He was a clown. <laughs> <laughs> he was an alien. Let's just say that. Oh, okay. uh, but anyway, that leads me to when I played Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 on the GameCube. Mm-hmm. I made Gaggy the Clown, and he had better options this time. And I'd make him do the ah, yeah move where he'd do like the really seductive dance. <laughs> And I just like <laughs> sit there with the cheat codes on, <laughs> and he just the, be doing this infinite dance. Loop. That's so yep. silly. Yep, but that was my favorite, uh, one of my first favorite memories of utilizing character skins, making goofy characters do weird dances. Yeah, Tony Hawk is a it's an interesting example because yes, it's an early character creator, and uh, you know most of my experience of that is actually from Tony Hawk Underground because you have to make your own character for the campaign, the story mode. But Mm -hmm. um, just from the beginning, they've had unlockable characters, like fun characters like Darth Maul and Wolverine and Django Fett. And that's, that's interesting concept because that didn't really happen in games until Fortnite, really, where it's like, let's bring in these other characters and you just get to play as them. And that's interesting. I, I like Tony Hawk for that just kind of fun escapism of doing stupid stuff with cool characters. Heck yeah. I mean, you had Darth Maul. That was one of the first cool ones you could unlock just by completing the game, I think. Oh, yeah. He had a hoverboard and everything. That was in 3, right? Yeah, that was in 3. Yeah, man. What about you? Tell me tell me some of your fun early experiences with video game skins. So the earliest one that stands out is probably in Banjo-Tooie when you finally unlock like the mega globo and throw it into oh, what's what's her name humbawamba humbawamba into her her vat and you evolve <laughs> you hop out and nothing happens You're like what the heck all this and i'm still banjo and then kazooie huh. sticks her head out and she's a dragon Ooh, after that yeah. and so She's a green dragon, and I guess this actually did change the gameplay a bit because instead of her normal pecking abilities, she would breathe fire instead. Okay. And I thought that was so cool. I was just blown away when she popped out as a dragon, and I remember like restarting the game at some point and just hating seeing normal Kazooie. It was so jarring. <laughs> it's like, ah, I only want dragon Kazooie. Yeah, dragon Kazooie was really cool, and she had that like kind of deepened voice. Yeah. So like... All, all the sound effects were just deeper versions and mm-hmm. yeah, she was really cool. There really wasn't a, there really wasn't a reason to go back to original Kazooie was there. You could just be dragging Kazooie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you're yeah. right. Yeah. Anytime you jumped back in, she would change back, but there was no point. And it was a cool aesthetic. Cause I mean, you, you got the pecs from Kazooie, but dragon Kazooie could just breathe fire continuously. Yeah. Well, yeah. Continuously. I think, you know, after a few seconds, she'd tap out and you'd have to, wait a second before you could do it again, but still is superior to the work, work, work. Work, work, This time work. it was No, it's I just even think... 
Ah, okay, okay. Yep. That was my flamethrower sound effect. That that was a really good fire-breathing sound effect, Cameron. I applaud that. Mm, That's a good aesthetic. I I did like the whole Dragon Kazooie deal. Good one. What else you got? Another really good one that I was super excited about unlocking. This is one that I learned about prior in, in some like video game magazine. And it was one that you had to really, really grind to get to was in a game called Goemon's Great Adventure, Japanese mm-hmm. import game. If you beat the game and got all of the, they're called entry passes, basically what got you to the next stage in the game. Mm-hmm. And you saved up your maximum amount of money you could buy special skins for the characters. And this was one I was really proud of because the skins are super expensive and they're ridiculous. Like one of them's a raccoon outfit. One's a genie. One's a robot. One's like a, a I don't know, some gorilla. <laughs> Just, yeah. I mean, very Japanese uh, in, terms of, in terms of strangeness, but that was another really early experience that I had with unlocking skins and just feeling really proud about it because this took me a lot of grinding to get to and this was on the n64 by the way right so what else you got ocarina of time where Mm. you got to change into the blue and the red tunic and yes they were functional they had different purpose but you weren't just green outfit the whole time and you could change between them whenever where it's like yeah i just want to be blue link and i really like that especially for an n64 game where you you didn't have customization back then. Mm-hmm. That was sweet. Yeah, it was. Those are functional as well. You're right. They're, they're armors as well mm-hmm. because and they then, defend like, you. It gets a little better in Twilight Princess too because not only is the blue tunic blue, but it's actually it looks different. It looks like cool Zora armor. And then you ah, can get yeah. the, the magic armor that made you look like a gold knight. Like That was awesome. Yep. Yeah, and it... Drains your wallet too. Yeah. Apparently, I was disappointed that there wasn't like a red equivalent mm-hmm. for Twilight Princess, but oh well. Yeah. Well, if we backtrack a little bit, let's talk about the sheer amount of skins in Majora's Mask. That's what the oh. game is all about. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah, you're wearing all these masks, and some of them alter the way you look completely, aside from your face. Yeah, that is a very Halloweeny game. Yes, it is. All those masks. And it's a very unique one at that. Have you ever heard of the couple's mask? Did you ever get the couple's mask? I did after an insane amount of grinding. (laughs) Grinding? What are you talking about? There's no grinding in that game. It's just a long quest line. But I'm making a joke. We've already talked about this. And last time I was mocking you because every time we mentioned Majora's Mask throughout life, you're like, have you got the couple's mask? Have you really? Have you heard? Yes, we've talked oh about my. this before. Hey, Cameron, what's the couple's mask? I don't remember. It's been too long. Oh, the reason why I was so excited about that was because okay, when I say grinding, I meant I had to play through the game multiple times and die a few times before I could actually get it. Because you have to time things out perfectly throughout yeah. the entire three-day cycle. Yeah. And I did that so many times that when I finally got it, I was ecstatic. What's the, what's it even do? It does nothing except be there to show that you've got it. And you can also get like a piece of heart at the very end when you talk to that uh, that couple that's about to get married. Uh-huh. It, do- it doesn't do much at all except give you a few pieces of heart. So and it's just really hard to get. Yeah, it's the best side quest in that game for sure. Yeah. 
All right. Well, anyway, I had two more I wanted to bring up that were kind of like the beginning of the modern use of skins, where they started becoming commonplace after that. And this was during the life of the 360, mm-hmm. where original games like Assassin's Creed, you were the same thing the whole time. And I even hated that in Assassin's Creed 1, playing it, where it's just like, come on, games are more modern than this. Like, why am I, why can't I choose different outfits? So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, two introduced dyes, and you could buy dyes, different dyes in each city, dye your clothes, and be any color you wanted. And then eventually you could unlock the uh, Altair's black armor by completing mm-hmm. all the temples. And, oh, I loved it so much. Being, especially because I, I loved being in the black robes because I felt like that was more realistic as an assassin to be in those black robes. Yeah, it's true, man. I do remember spending some time trying to get uh, some of those better armors. And you have to do you have to do a lot of pickpocketing to get some of that early stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. But probably the one I was most excited for was Halo 3. As this okay. game was being hyped and announced, they announced that you could change your helmet, your shoulders, your chest piece. <laughs> and I was just blown away because before this, you were all just, you know, Master Chief, Spartans, or uh, Elites. In Halo 2, but you could just change your colors, like your t- a primary color and then one secondary color. Hmm. And the addition of these customizations was just so exciting to me. And they, you know, some of them were achievement based. So when you finally got all the achievements and had the katana on your back, it was a huge status symbol. And yeah. it was just so exciting to be able to show these things off and have a custom Spartan. And I think from that point forward is really where skins became very common and accepted in, in most games. Okay. That's pretty awesome. To move on, let's actually take a, a bigger step back and let's look at the very earliest skins where we first see them happening in games and they go back well beyond to what we've been saying and generally they were because they needed to accomplish some sort of functional purpose to Mm -hmm. save space and memory things like that i know Mm -hmm. we talked about uh back in our forever ago in our first super smash bros episode that some characters are just kind of reskinned models of other characters and that was to save space jigglypuff and kirby they're sharing like the same rig captain falcon is like sharing the rig of like the original pepsi men that oh. game was called and, and a few other examples like that but yeah. uh before that can you think of one where uh player two was just a reskin of player one why well, I believe you're referring to Super Mario Brothers. The birth of Luigi. Yep, just a reskinned Mario. Green and white. Uh, green Instead and white, of... yeah. Actually, what color was the original Mario? I know he was red and... He was like red and brown and white-ish. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think he had a green mustache. But yeah, he was the exact same sprite Luigi was as mm-hmm. Mario, and he didn't get that uh, whole like lanky, taller treatment until a little bit later. Right. But yeah. Same same deal. Luigi and Mario were the same. And then probably my favorite example is so lazy when you think about it. And that's Mortal Kombat. Mortal where, Kombat, really? Yeah. 
all the ninjas. They're just reskins that they just gave different powers to because they oh. didn't know how to fill out the roster. So let me let me think of all these ninjas that are just different colors. We got you know Scorpion is orange, Sub Zero is blue, Reptile uh-huh. is green, Rain is purple, Ermac is red, Trimmer is brown, Smoke is gray, Noob Cybot is black. I'm sh- there might be others in there. Then we got the girls too. Katana is blue. Jade is green. Melina is pink. Uh, the blood one. I don't remember her name, but she's red. Right? Okay. It's a lot. Wow. But just really over time, they fleshed each of these characters out and made them more unique. And so they <laughs> weren't fleshed. just <laughs> bloody fleshed them out. And they all stood on their own at some point. Now playing the modern ones, you wouldn't quite realize that they were all just different versions of the same character because they're all so unique now. But just yeah. funny that that's how that started out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Hmm. Stuff that you can notice when you reinvestigate older stuff. Scarlet. Scarlet. That was her name. Oh, the bloody gotcha. one. <laughs> Another example of uh, skin changing. Mm-hmm. I guess this could also be considered an early form of DLC. Was an arcade game called Double Dragon 3. Yeah. And that was kung fu game where you basically had to beat waves of people as you moved along to finally get to the Rosetta Stone in Egypt somewhere. I had the Game Boy game, which was equally as difficult as the arcade game. This game was a crazy button masher, and it was noted for being almost impossible to beat without spending in-game currency to buy stuff. Now, when I say in-game currency, I'm talking about money that you earn by beating different areas. Okay. But if you paid an extra coin, you could get something called an extra guy, which was a totally different sprite, a totally new guy completely, uh-huh. once your health reached zero. And that was paid DLC that was very unprecedented at the time. And it caused a lot of criticism. So when the game was ported to Japan, they removed that feature. Hmm. So there you go. Extra guy pay real money for it <laughs> i'd like that <laughs> oh wait i thought of more mortal Kombat ones sector yeah. and cyrax they're reskins of the same robot and then robo smoke <laughs> and then they uh redid the storyline in the reboot and it became Ro- robo sub-zero instead uh, that's not what he was actually called but still reskinned robots <laughs> how many i think there's a total of like five unique characters in this game and then the rest are just duplicates of others. Wow. Did they get lazy or something? Just thinking people they, wouldn't they notice? They started lazy. <laughs> Goodness no, I gravy. think it's just because the ninjas are so cool that no one cared. <laughs> that's, that's that's a good point. Kind of like, uh, I guess, Power Rangers, same thing. Different skins every season. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, Power Rangers is awesome. Oh, yeah. I'm biased. No, and so are you. <laughs> everyone, everyone agrees. So you could also unlock uh, new skins by getting the best ending in Resident Evil, the original. That's another oh, yeah. example. In Sonic Adventure on Dreamcast, mm-hmm. there was DLC that you could download from the internet. Are you talking Sonic Adventure 2? I think I'm talking about Sonic Adventure 1. Wrong. Wrong? Yeah. What? <laughs> so just Wait. I checked a few different sources today, and apparently the first DLC outfits was in Sonic Adventure 2. And Sonic Adventure 2. 
yeah, it was Christmas outfits. Okay. So we got like uh, Sonic got a little red coat, so did Shadow, and Eggman and Tails robot walkers <sighs> were like white and red. I'm so like disappointed. I could have sworn it was one. Wow. Well, I know it's two because I had Shadow, so. Okay. Well, yeah, Christmas DLC. I can think of uh, Glover on N64. What, the balls? <laughs> the, well, the, the balls, yeah, but you could also, like, transform yourself into, like, a frog and stuff. It didn't do much. You could just jump, and that was about it. Is that but really skin, though? It's it's a skin, more or less. <laughs> it's just that game had a lot of good cheat codes. And yeah. you, if you got the Super Ball, you basically had infinite bouncing power and it like had the double points of the crystal ball and i could also think of shadows of the empire on the n64 you could reskin yourself as a wampa you could you, you really couldn't do much because you couldn't jump you walk extremely slow you know the, the wampa model in that game is extremely low res and uh-huh. all you could do is just like the giant slow swipe yeah those things were so slow but they were terrifying yes they were but you could, at the same time, control Dash with the control pad. Or it might have been the other way around, but you could control one with the control stick and the other with the control pad. Isn't that What's, interesting? What do you mean? What's the difference between like, the two? Um, your, your perspective would be from the Wampa, but uh-huh. you could still control Dash. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm, what's the difference between the controllers? What's, you said control stick and control pad. What, what do you mm-hmm. mean there? What's so, the like, one could control Dash, and the other can control, uh, <laughs> what's it called? The, the Wampa. Wampa. So, on yeah. the same controller? On the same controller, yeah. Isn't that weird? That is weird. It, it was. It was useless, but it was like, hey, cool, you could do this. Huh, I never knew that. Cheat code era. Let's move a little bit further. <laughs> All right, so, uh, let's start pushing towards the the more modern skins coming into the world. So, like I said... Sonic Adventure 2, I think that was pretty much the first DLC of skins. And then we've talked about this before, but then there was the controversy of the horse armor DLC from Oblivion in 2006, where everyone was so angry because it's like, you want me to pay, I think it was like 250 or 350 for mm. this thing that does nothing to the game. It's just cosmetic, which <laughs> is hilarious because now people are furious if it gives an advantage, if any skin gives an advantage it's like it better just be cosmetic if i'm gonna drop all this money on it (laughs) now it's shut up and take my money yeah and uh so it's you know kind of slowly evolved but it really started to take off i'd say in about 2012 with team fortress 2 where they started putting out these hats that you could buy and sell on the steam store and so all these characters are running around in different silly hats and Valve has kind of gotten weirdly carried away with skins with this black market of like betting and buying and gambling skins with hmm. actual people. I didn't dive too far into that because I just don't care and I don't play any of those games. And I think it's kind of skirting the law too, to be honest. Yeah. Well, and it's it's ridiculous because they've created this, you know, there's a whole streaming platform of people just opening loot boxes on stream mm-hmm. and just like freaking yeah. out about their results. It's like, come on, why are why are people watching this? This is <laughs> depressing, actually. A lot of money down the drain there. Yeah. Jeez. But 
uh, you know, it's kind of moved into now where all online multiplayer games, you can choose a different skin, right? Mm. No matter what, if it's online multiplayer, you can customize your guy in some way, shape, or form. So let's talk about today. Yeah. You know, how has that changed? I feel like it has really changed the way uh, games are made and released now because of the microtransaction. Yeah, it's become standard now to have like stuff that you can buy with real world money, which I guess a lot of it is in-game currency that you buy with real world money to kind uh-huh. of uh, create like a little middleman there. But it's almost standard now. Like every game has that, or not every game, but what I'm trying to say is you really can't unlock a lot of things anymore unless you pay real money for it. And it's almost yeah. gotten to the point now where games depend on that where you can't beat the game unless you purchase like something with real money. And that's the same with skins too. Like, oh, you can't actually get this one in game. You can only buy it. Right. And that's made unlocking things a lot less enjoyable for me personally. It's not as fun now, you know, because you can't say earn something by grinding through the game. You have to buy it at some point. Yeah, almost nothing's achievement-based. It's just, yeah. I bought this. And, exactly. You know, whether it's blame or credit, I don't know, but it, we, it's on Fortnite, really, where <laughs> they, they kind of pioneered the free-to-play game mm-hmm. where they nickel and dime you for skins in the Battle Pass. And sure, some of the skins are tied to accomplishing things, but they have set this standard now where almost all big multiplayer games come out free to play and Mm -hmm. they're just getting you with the battle pass and things like that where halo just did it. And uh, I don't hate that because there's no loot boxes. Loot boxes is what I'm tired of. Halo, at least you know what you're going to get. And it is like you buy the battle pass. It's like, okay, well now I have to level up to level 100 to get all this. So you are still earning it, but it's not hard to do so. Yeah. And Overwatch 2, which is out now as people are listening, I hope it's great. I can't wait to start playing it. But Overwatch 2 is free to play. And they're get, they've done away with the loot boxes, which is great. And yeah. it's just a battle pass now. Because, you know, loot boxes have caused their own controversy of mm-hmm. is this gambling? Should kids be exposed to this? Uh, no. And yeah. I wonder what the number is of the financial number that kids have spent of their parents' money on skins and games. Hmm. And I was just talking actually to, to Malcolm about this. If you guys remember Malcolm, he was on for the Assassin's Creed episodes. And he was talking about like, cause he's been playing Fortnite and Fortnite gets you with FOMO because the skins are limited. Okay. What do you mean by FOMO? FOMO, fear of missing out. So, Oh, I see. I see. It's like, oh, I'm not playing. I'm not getting this Dragon Ball Z skin. And now it's going to be gone forever. Oh, I get it. (laughs) It's hilarious how weird Fortnite has actually gotten with all these different characters. Because it's like like the biggest crossover of any game. Because it just starts, you know, it's tons of Marvel and Star Wars and uh, Uh random crap all dumped into this. And I watched a clip today, actually. Just the caption is just like, what is Fortnite? And it's Goku swinging through the level with Spider-Man web shooters and then lands on a guy and kills him with a lightsaber. (laughs) Oh boy. 
they were able to go back and get those uh those when they were offered right Jeez. yeah it's like fortnite is it's the funko of video games where they just <laughs> have all these licenses now yep that's awesome Oh my gosh, <laughs> what, what what a culture of video gaming has turned into in, in regards to skins and basically how much we're willing to spend now on how much your character looks cosmetically. Yeah. It's so big now. Oh my gosh. And so here's a, a silly question. We care so much about getting these skins and earning it. And it's like, uh, especially me, whenever a new Overwatch holiday event starts and i see the the lineup of skins I'm like oh that one's sweet i want to get that one i can't wait to to wear that one and uh-huh. i've spent more money than i care to share on overwatch loot boxes <laughs> which is so stupid <laughs> i haven't done it in a long time but still does anyone care that's my hmm. that's my thought it's like i'm excited oh i finally got this but everyone else in the game they're just going to glance at you in the lobby and think nothing of it right so yeah does anyone give a crap about your skins. It's like we get these for our own status, but no one cares because they, they're they meaningless. Well, at some point, you got to look at them maybe as a morale booster. Like, yeah, I feel better <laughs> because of this. It makes it look different. I mean, why do we mm-hmm. change up the way we look in real life? You know, maybe no one's going to care, but it's going to make us feel better. I mean, here we are, you know, complaining about how much people are spending, but what do we do? We do the same thing. Let's be honest. <laughs> if it's a game we care enough about. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, like, I guess that's just the way that it's going to be, you know? You like it, you like the way it looks, you you buy it. And if you like the game enough, boom, then you're going to you're gonna want to just keep buying more. What, yeah. what a culture, though. It, it's amazing <laughs> how, like, invested us as people have put into the way we look, into our avatars online, because it's become such a big world, such a connected world. But yeah, it's just interesting because... It has forced games to change. Like so many games are now called, they're quote, games of service, where they're yeah. these living games where they're, they're counting on our funding through these microtransactions to keep yeah. the game afloat. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd say it's bad, but also I, w- I wouldn't say that good single player content is suffering, though. It's really mm. just that's the route that multiplayer is taking, but single player, not so much. Yeah. It's still there for single player, but I guess it's a little bit different. Right. So I think that's a, a good final segue, Jake, to just what what are your, your favorite modern skins now in, in the more modern games we've been playing? Uh, my favorite modern skins now. <laughs> um, good, good question. I've got the unicorn from Assassin's Creed. How'd you get that? you have to buy it with in-game credits okay and the particular one that i got i think i don't know if i spent real money on it or not i probably didn't because it was a unicorn but it's still cool because the unicorn skin doesn't do anything different to your horse except make it look like a unicorn and when you gallop the hooves emit like a rainbow that kind of flies into the air and it's very very non-lore friendly but it's (laughs) so funny yeah (laughs) so that's one of my favorites to be honest i don't have very many good skins that i really like from this era like nothing modern except for that one what about uh like horizon that's a good question well okay the newest horizon game has transmog Mm. means you can transmog oh 
We didn't even talk about that. Let's talk we about didn't. that. <laughs> All right, tell, tell us about transmog. Okay, anyway, uh, transmogrify is to, <clears throat> it's an actual word, to change or alter greatly and often with grotesque or humorous effect. The word has been around since the late 1600s, but in video games, it means changing the look of the armor of whatever mm-hmm. you're wearing without changing the stat boost or whatever yeah. the armor does. So this is a common thing to do when you say have a really powerful item or piece of armor that maybe looks silly compared to the rest of the set and you yeah. want to match everything. Yeah. That's the only time I can think of when I've used the transmogrify feature, which has become a little bit more commonplace these days so that you've got matching armor. Yeah. I like it a lot. And it is interesting because it's, it is now starting to catch on more. Um, I guess I noticed it most recently in Assassin's Creed Odyssey mm. where you can do that. But it's actually been in WoW, World of Warcraft, for a very long time now. Mm. And I I love it in that because there's a bunch of weird mismatching gear in that game. Like, you know, it's nothing but gear drops. And if you wanted yep. something that matched, you needed to be a raider because those are where, uh-huh. like, the sets came from the matching armor and that was tough to do. So (laughs) eventually transmog came around to where it's like, okay, I've got all this gear that I want to wear, but it doesn't match. It doesn't look good. So then you could start making all your items look similar. Like they're in the same type of set or it makes it a fun way to go back and play legacy content where it's like, Oh, this, this raid set from two expansions ago, this looks really cool. And so you can go in and just solo this raid that's a few years old, gather mm-hmm. up all that gear, and then you can wear this sweet armor that, sure, it's you didn't earn it for real, but you look awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Cool beans. So, transmog right there. Changing the looks like without changing the stats. Yeah, so there is one cool armor i'd say my favorite armor or not armor uh skin of all time i -hmm. have to bring this up it's not super modern but it's from Mega Man legends one and two yeah and this was the first game that i was ever emotionally invested in or the first series basically as you progress that your journey if you don't kick animals and you are nice to people and you don't smash into stuff you become significantly lighter and this also helps if you donate money to the church Ooh. <laughs> if you donate over a million zenny to the church, you become bright. You glow. Cool. You get a 20% discount in stores. People are nicer to you, and there are more woodland creatures running around. <laughs> the opposite can happen as well, meaning yeah. if you kick stuff around, you're mean to people, you become darker. People don't want to talk to you. You can't buy certain things, but you can access the black market. Ooh. So, anyway. Uh, that reminds me a lot of Fable. Oh, really? Yeah. The same thing? Yeah, Fable was, that coming out was one of the big first uses of a morality system. Okay. Where if you're really good, you uh, kind of had an aura and a halo above mm-hmm. you. And then if you were bad, you would mm-hmm. turn dark and have horns. Oh, that's legit. It is. I I loved Fable 2. Fable 2 was so good. I haven't played Fable 1. Maybe I'll do that sometime. But... My, I think my favorite modern example is from the Spider-Man games the uh, on PS4 and, and 5 just because they are filled with all these cool references to different outfits from the comics and movies. And again, they do nothing. Well, actually, no. 
they uh, they all have a a different ultimate ability, where okay, like as you charge up your spider sense or whatever. Um, I know for one, there's like the punk Spider-Man where he's got his like jean jacket on and mohawk. Mm-hmm. And so if you hit his alt, he'll like go up in the air with the guitar and bring it down with this guitar <laughs> riff and like send out a shockwave. So yeah, nice. there is actually different stuff you can unlock. And that's kind of like a transmog because you can still choose different different looks, but still use the alts from other looks. You just okay. choose which one you want. But gotcha. yeah, that was just so much fun. I think... One of the silliest is at the end of Spider-Man Miles Morales, you unlock the Bodega Cat, which is this cute little orange cat in your backpack. And so just as you're swinging around, he'll be like climbing around your shoulders. And whenever you Uh do like a sweet attack or trick, he'll do like a freeze frame with the cat posing beside you. He's wearing a little (laughs) Spider-Man hat or a little mask. (laughs) Very nice. I like that need to play that game again. You, I don't think you've played it. I gave it to you. Did you play it? I did play it for a little bit. Oh, you just never finished it? I just never finished it. <laughs> that game, I will say, is long. Like, I was surprised how long it is. But Really? I was pretty close to crying at the end of it, story-wise. Wow. So, okay. I highly, highly recommend it. Awesome, dude. Highly. Highly. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, Jake... I think this is a good place to end it about our uh, not not very spooky conversation, but Halloween themed nonetheless with our fun <laughs> costumes and skins. I think so, too. This was a good discussion. I think it was very inspiring. How so? I think it was a very good looking conversation. Oh, OK. <laughs> so thank you, everyone, for listening. You're the best. My name's Cameron. And I'm Jake. Have a very spoopy week. I mean, I saw on sound at all. Wait, say something Halloween related in Japanese. Uh, how about, um, Koi no Minasan sound at Scary people. <laughs> <laughs>